TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And Overnight America continues. Welcome back. We got some time tonight, and it's uh, still chilly, and we're still talking about Metrolink and some of the policies that were put in place last year that removed the arms from security guards. They said only the police would be able to have that sort of weapon when they are guarding Metrolink. Few and far between, there's still a lot of gaps when it comes to security, let alone we look at what could happen on any given day and the terrible tragedy that happened to one of those guards more, you know, a former Marine in uh, the Metrolink while he was working pretty terrible. You need armed personnel on Metrolink says a St. Louis sheriff. We're going to get to that. Uh, you heard it on KMOX. Also KSDK did a write up on it. I think it was today. I want to keep playing some of this interview from Charlie Brennan show from earlier today with Tolby Roach. And I think this is an important one. Now uh, the CEO of uh, the organization there and uh, by state, I should say. And I wanted to, open this up to you because there's a few things that come to mind. And I got, I look at the lack of support and I look at them saying that, Hey, we are going to comply with something that wasn't asking us to comply, removing the arms. And this is what I uh, summarize and what I get from all of this. Why in the world wouldn't a security job worker just walk off the job at that point? If you're working security for Metro and this is what you're seeing that you could be uh, open season and they're not supporting you. Why don't you walk off this job? I, honestly, maybe you work security for by state or Metrolink and you've seen this and you're tired of it. You know, this is this I'm watching this and thinking this is terrible. Why would you want to do this job? 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. So here's where we picked off on the interview, and I want to play one more clip, and then we'll start taking some of your calls. I got to understand that if for 10 years you had it, and mm-hmm. then you take it away in April, and by the way, this is not the first mm-hmm. time a guard's been attacked. Don't forget, I know you haven't. Last August, mm-hmm. uh, a Metrolink guard was assaulted at the Fairview Heights platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now, I, I would say, wouldn't it be better as a business model to bring in Vernon Betts's chef, sheriffs, bring in John Hayden's police officers from the city, bring in Mary Barton's police officers from the county, bring them in from St. Clair County, and have those security guards with firearms at their side in case somebody approaches them with a firearm. And then they can also help people with the tickets and point to directions and tell them where to find 
Bush Stadium or whatever. They can provide that function as well, which would probably be 95% of their work, let's hope. But in the rare but deadly circumstances where someone approaches them with a firearm, the poor guy won't die. Well, what I can tell you is that we are doing all of those partnerships with those police par- uh, partners that you mentioned. But it is a legal limiting factor as to whether the security cards that we employ may have deadly weapons. I'm, I'm sorry, Charlie, that's simply a fact of the law. They've got to change it. Got to uh, change point. it. I mean, well, if, if, if we did it for 10 years, are you saying we were violating the law for 10 years when the security guards had firearms? So, yeah. So I want you to hear this answer, too. And this goes back to the conversation we just had with Tom Sullivan. What law are you talking about? Were you told that you were not in compliance of the law or did you just look at it and say, well, we believe we're not in compliance. So we're making a change uh, preemptively. No answer to this. I mean, listen. Well, the review of the uh, that was associated with the WSP with a comprehensive review of how we could work through security and implement and do a better job pointed out that that is not what happens across the country and isn't in compliance with the overall intent of the contract that we operate under. You're saying the bi-state was in violation of federal law for 10 years when its security guards had firearms? Well, I'm just telling you, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm just telling you what the compact is. See, listen to the way he's answering this. He's not answering it. He's not, and, and this is, you're, you're watching this unfold right now. He is avoiding this at all costs, and no one still knows the real answer on this. Is it possible that Metrolink, when they made this decision, knew that it would put their guards in danger and decided to continue with it anyway, even if it wasn't in compliance with the federal law. All right. Or maybe they weren't actually asked to comply with the law. They just interpreted a certain way because that's how they wanted to interpret it. Thus, it's a policy change, not a legal change. There's a lot of there's a lot of problems with Metrolink. Just add this on top of it. So I want to get your calls on this. 314-436-7900 or 800 800- Nine two five eleven twenty, and with our conversation with um, Tom Sullivan right before the break, I got to tell you, he pays attention. I mean, very closely to everything that goes in and out. And when Tom Sullivan says, "I haven't seen the law he's referring to," that should concern you because this is someone that I mean, I don't know anyone that pays closer attention than Tom Sullivan. So let's go to Terry, who's been holding on after the break. Let's see if Terry's still there. Welcome back. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for. Um, thank you. Great. I'm good. How okay, are you? So you are a MetroLink user and you've had some experiences? Yes. Yes. I've, I've been a MetroLink user for quite some time. Um, well, to kind of get throwing me off track here. <laughs> sure. Okay. But, so say what you were going to say. That I, Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm not like, I don't like have it written or anything. I just wanted to first comment on, because um, you, you've been commenting on um, Charlie and Amy's, you know, um, from this morning. Yeah. And I have to say that I, I heard the entire thing. I sat there and I, and I cringed the entire time for them. I, 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 I cringed actually for him because he was embarrassing himself. Um, he would not answer a specific question. He just kept on going to the same old, you know, he just kept going over and over and over. He just, and so, they, 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 I was. I just wanted to say I'm really proud 
mostly of Charlie for <laughs> I n- I had never heard him in that in that aspect and he any any just he didn't let up on it let up on him he didn't he didn't give him an out mm-hmm. and he wanted an out because he knew he's in trouble <laughs> you know so well yeah he pretty much is so what he wanted to know is why do these guards carry guns have they carried guns for 10 years well i've been out there for that you know not out there i don't want to you know i don't I've 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 experienced and seen this and witnessed in us. Mm-hmm. Tell me some things that you've experienced and witnessed. I mean, if you've okay. rode for a long time, is it bad? Is it okay? Like, generally speaking, have you seen things well, that are pretty bad? Well, I'm still alive, right? So, <laughs> I mean, wait, I mean hold on, hold on. Wait, so you're you saying that the, the, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that the test is, well, I didn't die. So there's that. That's kind of, sort of, that's oh, kind no. of what it is. I mean, oh, you no. have to have, you have to like have eyes like in every, like we have them in the front of our, you know, you know and we have to have them on the side and the back and the side, but yes, you do. And th- th- that is true. Um, the guards going to that and, and, and the guards having the um, the weapons, I absolutely think that absolutely, absolutely not. Um, you hire somebody from the street that you can't even take a drug test, you know? Um, no. You, you know. No. But Wait, so you're saying the guards should not be armed? Absolutely not. They're ticket takers. That's what Tony Roach said today. They're ticket takers, and they help people to their seats. No, no. What I believe is, I it goes further. No, I do not think that they should be armed. Absolutely not. Okay, but it's not for a lack of safety. Uh, there's definitely a lot of issues when it comes to that. All well, right, uh, Terry. Well, yeah. No, no, no. They're they're not allowed to use them. So. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Terry, I'm glad you called in. Thank you very much. I want. I do want to take some more calls on this, and we're running a little bit late. I hate this philosophy. And if, what if a Talby Roach, as part of the interview, said, uh, "Yeah, but did you die?" That's the motto of MetroLink. You used it, but did you die? <laughs> we got all these other problems, but did you die? Wow. I I think that if we're just trying to say security guards are ticket takers and they need to be there with a smile on their face. Like it's, you know, 1950s and like the milkman coming around with a nice little uniform and, you know, waves at uh, good day, ma'am. Nice to see you, miss. How is all everything going? Okay, can I help you with your luggage? You know, we're going to have things like that. No, um, I think that these security guards are faced with some pretty terrible things. And if you're a security guard in Metrolink, do you think that by any a stretch and you want to involve yourself with anything that you see as a violation or dangerous, knowing that you have no way to defend yourself? Why would you do anything? I mean, if you show up, I mean, if I'm a security guard, I'm thinking to myself, I need to make myself invisible. I don't want people to know. In fact, I'm not even going to make eye contact. And if someone's doing something that I'm supposed to interfere or or say something about, yeah, right. Good luck. I don't want them coming back with a gun. And I have nothing to do with that. It's terrible. All right. So let's take some more of your calls coming up. And I'd like your experiences. Maybe you've seen some of these things. Do you think that they should arm the security guards at Metrolink? 314-436-7900 on Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. Earlier today on Charlie Brennan and Amy Mark's score, the uh, Bi-State Development Chief CEO uh, 
he is Tolby Roach and he gave this interview and I got to say, this is a great interview and Charlie Brennan was asking some great questions there and it raises even a bigger question. Two things. One, why in the world did they decide that it was time to just arbitrarily drop the handguns? It's doesn't, it, it sounds like their excuse of we were complying with what the feds recommendation or whatever. It doesn't sound like it was a requirement. It sounds like more or less they did a study and they decided, well, maybe we don't need it. And we're going to try to make it sound like that we had to get rid of it. Because every time they he was specifically asked this, it was very wishy-washy, no direct answer to it, which leads me to believe there's something else going on here, number one. Number two, even if that's the case, shouldn't you try to advocate and say that for the safety of the security officers, based on how thinly spread the Already the officers are, the, the security guards, I should say, and support from police in general being able not to hire enough. Shouldn't there at least be to help cover some of these gaps, the security guards that you hire to be security guards be armed in case there's an incident like that? Let's take a couple more of your calls and Barbara's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, I was a security guard for two years, unarmed. Mm -hmm. But if I believe they should be armed because in dangerous places, they should be armed. Um, I was in an apartment complex and national foods and stuff like that. But um, I will tell you, um, the police, you're trained by the police. I had two licenses, one from St. Louis County and one from St. Charles. And uh, I was supposed to become armed, which meant you have to go out on the range and the police uh, check to make sure that you're qualified to uh, be armed security. So um, I believe that if you're in a dangerous area, um, you should be armed. Yeah, I think pretty much any metro platform should be considered that way. And I should also point out when it comes to qualifications, this uh, uh, off this person that was shot and killed while working the security job with Metro was a Marine. So definitely had a lot of Training when it comes to firearms should have been trusted with one, and I think that's a good point. Thank you, Barbara. Good to hear from you. Let's go to Art. Welcome to Overnight America. How you doing, Ryan? Doing all right. I, I've been riding that train for a mighty long time till I retired, and I've seen some of everything happen. People get on there with guns. I used to have a gun under my, my – I used to worry a gun. They, when all they was checking tickets. Other people got on that with guns, and that guard, if he was he was had a gun, he would be alive today. And I see people get shot, robbed, and everything. Some of my coworkers got robbed at the Savage Center. They tried to rob me, and I told Bastake the time they didn't have the cameras. They was going from one station to the other. Look at the camera, and you see three guys trying to rob people down at the Savage Center downtown there. Wow. That train is very dangerous, it's not safe. And when it first came out, they had security guards with guns when that mm -hmm. train first started running. Well, it's pointed out, yeah, I was going yeah, to say uh, real quick, but it, it was pointed out that for 10 years prior to the change that happened last year, 10 years prior, you had security guards that were armed and it sounds like without incident, no problem. And then you take that ability away and you start to see all these other issues that are coming up and it's not getting any better. I will point out too, that there was probably a big dip in ridership because of the COVID and people that either were afraid or they weren't traveling as much. So they weren't going on to uh, Metrolink or weren't using it as much. So if, even if you look at the statistics, 
maybe they'll try to make the argument that, oh, yeah, we were safer. Look, we had less incidents, but that's probably because ridership was down. But it doesn't matter when you have someone that is working security and is specifically targeted and has no ability to defend himself. It's, it's just a terrible thing based on everything else we've seen and you've seen. Yeah, I saw it, man, because I, I was on that train. I just got on that ride, take a joy ride, you know, ride to Illinois and back on this side of the river. What are you going on uh, Metrolink for a joy ride? Isn't it? Is it not dangerous enough? That you just want to go on and. It, uh, what's My that? wife, I never get on that train to ride. We rode. She rode on it one time, and she says she never want to ride on that no more. I've heard all kinds of problems and issues where people ride it even for the first time. They come into St. Louis through the airport and they say, okay, you have mass transportation. I'll just use this. It'll be easier. There was one thing I read online. Someone came in for a conference. He was a keynote speaker. He hopped on and instantly someone tried to rob him. And then they dumped the Coke on the guy. He's sitting there in his suit waiting to go do a a, a speech. And that was his first impression of St. Louis. Imagine Metro Lake being the only impression people have of St. Louis. Maybe you can tell why they believe we're the most dangerous city in the country. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Joy rides on Metrolink. Mm. That is not something I would consider a joy ride at all. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Uh, here's a text message that came in. It said, armed, absolutely. Shortly before my husband died of pancreatic cancer, we took Metrolink to the Cards Day game. Never again. We had to change trains on a platform and nowhere to run. A group of thugs came over commenting on Ron's jersey. Scary. If he wasn't so frail, so very sick, not sure what the outcome may have been. I will never ride Metrolink. Wow. Oh, that's sad. Here's another text message. Uh, Ryan. Uh, a favor before replaying Talby Roach interview picture a slain veteran and his family trying to imagine those beautiful little girls listening to it through their nonstop tears to ask when is daddy coming home? Oh, that's just terrible. <sighs> he leaves a family behind part of the interview. We find out that he was working, did not have life insurance, which is shocking to think that you're in a situation like that. And it's not covered by your employer. Think about this too. If they change policy in April, we're talking about the start of COVID. And um, if he worked there before that, he was armed and probably felt confident that if something were to happen, he'd be able to properly defuse the situation and defend himself if it came to it. And now COVID hits. He's worried about losing his job for his family. And they say, we're going to change this policy. He may not have liked it, may not have wanted been a part of it. But then he's thinking, what am I supposed to do? I have a family. And it's a, everyone's losing their job and I still have one. I guess we're going to have to do this. This is the situation they put these people in during a pandemic. Let's go to Kim. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 like I told you last night, I am a retired federal employee. Mm-hmm. And when I was working downtown St. Louis, I lived over in Collinsville. So every time that I would get to the East St. Louis station um, little kids would get on the train and um, heckle me and my guide dog. Now, I'm on my first, fourth guide dog, and I've, uh, within the last few years, moved over here to St. Louis, and I will not, repeat, will not ride buses or Metrolink because it's dangerous. If I need to go somewhere, I will use Call-A-Ride, and I 
I am deathly afraid to to ride the train and 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 the buses anymore. Wow, I don't blame you. And it's I got to say this, and I'm just going to be honest. Whenever we drive down 70 or something, and my kids in the car, he has a fascination with trains, and he's like, "Ooh, look, there's like a train or something like that," and he points it out. And he says he wants to ride that sometime. He thinks it's like a, a, you know, an entertainment thing. And I had to tell him, we're not going to go on that. That's where the bad guys go. I have, you know, and it's, uh, I know there's a lot of good people that ride it and they have to, but the only way I can get him to stop asking me, I said, that's where bad guys go. And that was the only way I can figure out a way to describe it and why we wouldn't go on there. And it's sad. It's just the way it is. Well, you know, Ryan, um, I um, see a lot of fights on those buses, too, when I was riding. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, you know, and this not uncommon at all. Thank you, Kim, for the call. Not uncommon. Just have to put up with that. I think Terry, who called in first, came up with the perfect slogan for Metrolink, which their slogan is, yeah, but did you die? <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> I'm just surprised at that one. Um, yeah, but I didn't die. I don't know if that's the type of message Metrolink wants to, people to think about when they think of their brand. They got a lot of work to do. All right, when we come back, I definitely um, want to talk to uh, some people about this later. We're going to have to get back to this because we have a guest right after the weather. Peter Strauss is a senior partner at Perro Connor, and Strauss. He is a guardianship expert, and he's going to try to explain to me the whole Britney Spears thing. So there's this documentary that's coming out. What does it have to do with guardianship and her father having control of the decisions she makes in her life? What is that all about? So he'll come on next on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Get ready for Billiken's Basketball Wednesday night as they take on LaSalle. Pre-game 545, tip-off at 6. Hear it here on your home for Billiken's Basketball. KMOX. It's Overnight America. Thanks for all your calls there, and I'm sure we can pick some of this up later in the show. But joining us now is a senior partner at Pure O'Connor and Strauss and also a guardianship expert, Peter Strauss. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. I think a lot of people have started to learn a little bit about guardianship uh, as a legal aspect when it comes to parents and their children when they become adults, conservatorship and things because of Britney Spears. And there's a documentary that's coming out, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this case um, online, too. 
I got to, you know, to me, I am completely out of the loop. I know almost nothing about it. I don't know how rare this is. Uh, maybe you can kind of give me a background of, because I'm sure a lot of people have asked you about it, maybe an uptick of people asking you about it, maybe a background on what might be going on with the whole Britney Spears case. Well, the Britney Spears case has certainly made people aware of the issue of guardianship, what it is, and the negatives and positives about it. Essentially, guardianship is a, is a, a process whereby state by state, with different rules in each state, a family member or a government agency such as Adult Protective Services feels that a person, whether a minor, someone in the middle years, or a senior citizen, is not functioning well, is not able to make wise decisions, and seeks to have someone appointed to essentially take over that person's life. And depending on the state, that is called the guardianship proceeding or conservatorship proceeding. Essentially, they're the same things. And the rules do vary very much state by state. Essentially, what's happening is the the state or the family in its role of seeking to be uh, in parents parenti, being, you know, being a parent and intervening, uh, takes away a lot of the freedom of a person to act. And depending on the court order appointing the guardian, rights of a person who is found to be incapacitated, that's the modern word, we don't usually say incompetent anymore, uh, incapacitated is, is the more modern term, meaning that they can't either manage their finances, they're subject to financial abuse, or they're not paying their bills, they may be evicted, or make health care decisions. So if a person is not able to express their wishes or because of their health they can't actually make health care decisions. The court, after holding a hearing, will appoint someone to be the guardian. And depending on what the court order says, that guardian will be given a certain amount of powers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a New Yorker. And I don't know a lot about the Britney Spears case. But apparently, in 2008, her father, Jamie, filed a petition with the court saying that Britney Spears was not functioning. She was making bad decisions. She'd had a couple of psychiatric episodes. And he asked the court to appoint him to be her conservator. And essentially, all of her rights to manage her finances, make financial decisions, make personal decisions about where she was going to live, were given to her father as conservator. That's mm-hmm. that's rough. And it's not something that any one of us would like to have happen to us, but it does happen in a fair number of cases. And depending wow. on the state, there are protections to a greater degree or a less degree to see that that doesn't happen. Or if it does happen, the minimum powers and rights are taken away from a person. Wow. But it's tricky and it's something yeah. we want to avoid. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's against the will, and there's a lot of people looking at this and saying this is a messed up process, all things considered, because, you know, she's working, she's definitely got enough resources in order to take care of herself and her basic needs, but she's making well above that. She's able to get to the point where she's even doing 
you know, concerts and television shows and stuff like that. So that would indicate that there there might not be a, a, a need for this sort of thing. She's got it together. Maybe that he disagrees with how she's living her life or whatever may be one thing. So it makes me wonder, what does a judge take into consideration to make such a make such a call on a, a case like that? It's very hard to understand why that in 2020, apparently, from what I've read, uh, there were several uh, motions to end the conservatorship. Uh, and that mo- those motions were rejected several times by the judge handling the case. So I'm really at a loss also. But again, I'm, I'm far away and I'm not familiar with the details. And until you get into the weeds and really read the court record and hear the testimony, it's hard to, from afar, make a determination of whether a judge is acting properly or not. But again, it comes down to the balancing between what I call autonomy and paternalism. People have a right to make bad decisions as long as they have the capacity to make those decisions and understand the consequences. We shouldn't be imposing our view of what's a proper lifestyle on someone else because we don't like the way they live. If that's what they want, and they have the capacity to function, they can make bad decisions. Uh, Very briefly, I'll tell you about a case in New York a number of years ago. A woman had a gangrenous leg, and the doctor said to her, you know, if we don't amputate, you're going to die. And she said, no, I I don't want to live without a leg. She, She was in her late 70s. Well, they brought an application to have a guardian appointed to force her to have the amputation. And the judge held a hearing, listened to her, heard her story that she would she understood the risks that she would die. And it was probable that she would. Yet she said no. And the judge ruled in her favor because he found she understood that she had the capacity to make that decision, even if he would have made another decision, even if you and I would have made a different decision. And that's where we need to draw the line. And I can't judge whether in California they did this correctly, but people need to understand that. And they can prevent the guardianship in, in many ways, including having advanced directors. People must have a health care proxy where they name a trusted friend or family member to make the decisions that they would want about their health care if there comes a time when they can't make their own decisions. Otherwise, the default is someone gets to be your guardian, and it might be your parent, it might be your sibling, it might be your spouse, but it could be a stranger. could Mm. be me. Wow. That's not Uh, a good thing. Yeah, I know. It it could be the lady at the DMV, and I don't think anyone wants that. But (laughs) I I think when, when you talk about guardianship, you mentioned some examples uh, at the very start of the interview. By default, is a parent automatically a guardianship over their kids, or is that not? I mean, sometimes do parents of minors have to go to the court for something like this? Well, they 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 can, but for many decisions, a parent up to the age of 18, there may be a few states where it's still 21, but it's usually 18 now. You become a a non-minor, uh, uh, an adult when you're when you're 18. Mm-hmm. The parents have certain natural rights. They are the natural guardian. But yeah. for example, if you've got a 14-year-old son and grandma leaves that son, you know, $10,000, the son is not legally capable 
it, practically he or she might be the son, of course, is he. But but uh, they you'd have to appoint a guardian of a minor to take in that ten thousand dollars and open a bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we we have guardianships of minors in in New York and other states just so they can technically uh, given the power to to hold that money. But once you're 18, you either make your own decisions or you appoint someone in a healthcare proxy or a power of attorney, or you create a trust to make decisions for you, manage your property. In our firm, we, we talk about future planning. It's not just what you do with your money when you die. That's what a will does. It's how your, your assets, and your healthcare decision making is going to be made while you're alive. If there comes a time when you're not able to make your own decisions, and it's better that we, through these advanced directives, choose the people that we want to represent us and think for us and decide for us, rather than leaving it to the fault the default process, which is the guardianship courts. Mm-hmm. They're slow. They're, there's a, a lack of privacy. It's something we want to avoid, and people can avoid that if they talk to a competent trust in estates or elder law attorney, which is what we do in our firm, uh, to help people plan for the problems of life. Mm-hmm. Life happens, and sometimes those there can be bad things. Yeah. Uh, Peter Strauss is the senior partner at Pierre O'Connor and Strauss, a guardianship expert. And just one other question when it comes to a breakdown, do you find that it's Ninety percent of the time, it's uh, a, a, maybe a kid with an elderly parent, or is it more common to see a parent with a younger child, like kind of like we're seeing in the Britney Spears thing? Well, I don't think Britney was that young. I mean, she was certainly an adult. Um, sure. When when the when the guardianship happened, right. I think it's spread around. Usually, uh, guardianships for younger people are when they have uh, something that falls into the. Um, um, disability area, d- developmental disabilities. Sure. Uh, people who have, you know, on the autism spectrum or or learning disabilities that are very severe or autism. And when they get to be over 18, the parents lose that natural guardianship right and they need to, to get legal authority. And that's something that can only be done by a court. Now, capacity is an interesting question. You may have a child with a disability who's 24, 25 years of age who may have a lot of physical damages, physical disabilities, and some capacity issues. But, you know, there's levels of capacity. You can have capacity to do certain tasks but not others. Capacity is not an on-off switch. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people come to me and say, you know, our son's developed some psychiatric problems or some uh, medical issues that we didn't know about in his earlier years. I guess we need to get be, to be guardian. I say, no, let's, let's have your son evaluated and we may find that he can make certain basic decisions. Maybe he can appoint you as a parent to be his healthcare agent because he may understand that he needs assistance with making healthcare decisions, even though, he might get a job um, as a checkout person in a supermarket. That that he could do, maybe he can also do some healthcare deciding. If not, at least he could have the capacity to name you as his healthcare agent. So right. a lot of planning can be done, and we can't assume 
that an older person or a person of middle age lacks capacity because it is not an on-off switch. There are degrees of capacity, and each task that we have to do in life has a different level of capacity necessary to make those decisions. Uh, People rush into guardianships far too often when it may not be necessary. Oh, that's interesting. Well, people wanted to learn more about this. Um, I don't know if if you write or do anything. I I know that you have practiced law for a long time, and I know that you teach as a professor, uh, adjunct professor of law at the New York Law School. Is there places people can read maybe some of your work or things that you might be doing? Yes. uh, You know, if people put my name in Google, some articles will come up, some, some videos. But there are some very good resources. The American Bar Association has something called a Commission on uh, Problems of Aging. They have wonderful materials about guardianships. Uh, there, there are a lot of good materials at state bar associations. We have an elder law and special needs section here in New York of our state bar association. And we have committees on guardianship and financial elder abuse, which is a big problem in America, Ryan. It's, it's something that we could talk about another time. But there, there are some good materials. I had a book published a number of years ago called The Complete Retirement Survival Guide. I think it's only available now electronically. Uh, it's, there are no prints anymore. It's a few years old, but the basics are still there. So, yes, there are some materials. Guardianship is important, but also people need to read about advanced directives and powers of attorney. And on our website, pierrolaw.com, we have a lot of educational materials, webinars, on advanced directives and caregiving and and government benefits and estate taxes. So, yes, there's a lot out there that are good resources for people, but but a lot on the web. You just have to be careful. Not everything on the web is correct. Um, Mm -hmm. So read more than one article before you make decisions. Yes, that's uh, very important to point out. Uh, As a senior partner, Piero Connor and Strauss, a guardianship expert. Peter Strauss, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight on KMOX. It's it's been my pleasure. Have a good evening. You too. Uh, He joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Very fascinating look there. Um, Yes, it's something that... It's a whole different world to me. I never considered this sort of thing. I even listen to law programs on podcasts, and you hear about elder law and some of the things that people ask questions on. This has never come up. So to me, it's a whole new world. So it's good that Peter came on and explained it to us, considering it's in the news, and you probably had questions too. This is Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Overnight America is uh, live with you tonight up until midnight. Then we do the replay hours after that. So thanks for joining us while you can. The next hour, I'm talking space with David W. Brown. Oh, I love space talk. And I've been wanting to get someone on to talk some of the things going on when it comes to space news, NASA news, and things that are in the news. There's some pretty big things coming up this year. So we're going to talk to David Brown about that after the news and weather. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Got three quick stories for you. all these text messages, by the way, when it comes to Metro, I should read some of them real quick. Okay. Here's a few text messages. It says backstoppers has placed uh, a donation for the family. And I believe they are giving the family 50 grand support backstoppers. Great organization. Backstoppers is fantastic. So thank you for that, Mary Lynn. 
one person texted in on Metrolink. One of the original design flaws was the ability to get on the platform and then on the train without proof of having a ticket. No one to look at the ease of access and how to change to make safer for all. Okay. Thank you for that text message. Uh, one person said uh, regarding Metrolink system was poorly designed from the start by allowing access to train on honor basis, thus permit on board. Uh, let's see. I would vote for armed security guards with additional training and another text message that came in, maybe the best one. If they're not going to allow the security to have firearms on Metro, they should bring their own flamethrowers. It's not a firearm. Now, ain't that a solution for a problem? <laughs> I'm going to mess with a dude with a flamethrower on his back. Get one of those Elon Musk Tesla flamethrowers that they put out there briefly. I know that doesn't technically count as a flamethrower, but still. All right, let me get a couple of these other articles I found at KMOX.com. How about this one? Victim has pants stolen as part of an armed robbery in St. Louis. This happened in uh, Hamlet Place. Police say the victim was hit in the face with a gun and then after hit the person stole the guy's pants which contained money a cell phone and various personal cards so apparently the man had the pants stolen right off his legs after he was hit in the face with that gun it's terrible victims say that the victim also had a gun and shot at the suspect who was running away down some stairs the suspect also fired back but police say no one was shot where do you keep your gun then? I guess that if they steal the pants, maybe you had it somewhere else, like a shoulder strap or something, but still scary, man. Here's another story at KMOX.com. A pair of would-be thieves are on the loose after police went on a chase about 120 miles an hour in rural Missouri. Pike County, it was Jesse Calloway of Troy, Missouri, and James Merlinbach of O'Fallon, Missouri, are facing charges that include a felony first-degree Assault, felony, resisting arrest, fleeing, and armed criminal action for stealing. Apparently, they were in a rural area, and they were trying to steal trees from a historic cemetery. Trees from a historic cemetery. One other quick crime note at KMOX.com. Man, we got a lot of crime stories on the website right now. Salt truck driver dumped salt on police during high-speed chase. Uh, Omar Armstrong, 36, this is in Ohio, came within inches of hitting the officer, though he was able to completely nail him with a salt spray as he's trying to get away from them and evade getting pulled over at a high-speed chase last week, almost smashed into the officer who was writing a ticket for a separate incident. Pretty scary stuff. Good thing that they got him. Uh, the report from the outlet shows that Armstrong tried everything in his power to not get pulled over, including pouring salt on the officer during the pursuit. That's a new one. I got to say, I've learned a couple of new evasion techniques there. Not that I would ever plan on using them, but that one was in Ohio. Up after the break, NASA. There's a lot of space news out there, and we're going to talk to journalist and author of the book, The Mission, David W. Brown, coming up right after the break. Join me on Facebook. If you hate Facebook but are still on it for some reason, we can hate it together. Look me up, Ryan Recker Radio. Give me a like on there. This is Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.